Welcome to the PGA Premium Podcast. I'm Christopher Pacheco, and joining me to discuss the WGC Bridgestone Invitational is Colin Drew, or at Drewby417, or, or 417, excuse me, over on Twitter. Drewby, how are you doing today, my man? Pacheco, doing pretty well. Uh, it's a it's a fun event. It's you know no cut event, which some people have mixed feelings on it for DFS, but it's a great golf tournament. It should be a lot of fun to watch. It's you know a loaded field. Yeah, it is a loaded field. This is also uh, should I remind people out there? This is a no cut event uh, heading into this week, and it has 70, 76 golfers in the field. But it is an absolutely loaded field. Uh, with all the best names at the top, a bunch of good names at the bottom as well. Um, basically, the best golfers are, are playing here this week. Um, so let's talk about the course a little bit, uh, Drewby. Uh, the the course is, is held at Fire, the field, I should say. They're going to be playing at Firestone Country Club in Akron, Ohio. Um, Drewby, what, what about some of the dimensions on the course? Cause this looks like a course that's going to play very, very long. Yeah, it's a long course. It's a tough course. You've seen, obviously, Tiger has an incredible history here, but like Rory, DJ have also won here, which shows, you know, the, the length you need, but also just the all around game. Um, and it's a perfect setup, I think, for the PGA. Next week, and I think that's why you saw a lot of the golfers, you know, some of the European players last year skipped this event, but this year everyone's here and everyone's ready to play. And I think it's just because it's going to set up well. And I think that, you know, it's a, it's a tough test, but it's, you know, sim- similar, going to play similarly to the PGA championship that we see next week as far as the length and the demands it puts on you. And so it'll be interesting to see kind of the correlation between the leaderboards at the two events and who's playing well this week. Uh, but it definitely should be a good one. Yeah, so a par 70 playing 7,400 yards. Uh, definitely a very long course. It only has two par fives. Ruby, we're coming off an event that had four of them, and all four were reachable. So, so you might as well scratch what happened last week, because this is a completely different scoring environment. And by the way, one of those far, uh, par fives, uh, this week. It's, it's the longest hole on tour. It's at 667 yards. Uh, that is a very, very long hole. Um, so, so that, that hole in particular might not even be, uh, very reachable for birdies. Um, unless you, you know, you have some of the smashers like DJ or, or Rory or maybe even Kepka. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, very difficult. A very long course, as, as we've already mentioned. Um, Drewby, let's talk about some of the names. Um, we have Jordan Spieth, uh, who's coming off a win at the Open Championship, my, my favorite event, um, followed by DJ and Kepka in the pricing over on DraftKings. Um, over on FanDuel is very similar as well. You have those top three names. However, on FanDuel, we might just even skip this right now and talk about it later because the pricing there is just so darn soft that you can even include two or even three of these golfers into your lineups. Over on DraftKings, you probably can only do one of them because they're all priced over 11K. Uh, Drewby, what are your thoughts um, w- with this tier here? Because I'm, I'm obviously very interested in the long guys, DJ and Rory, for sure. 
But also, Kepka is now priced like these guys. And if you look at his finishes lately, a T6 at the Open Championship, he won the U.S. Open. Uh, I guess relative to the way he is playing, he deserves to be priced like this. I'm wondering on ownership takes here, though, because if he's going to going to be that popular, um, I might be I might be pivoting to someone else. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, so of these guys, I like DJ and Rory the best out of the four. If we're you know talking about Speed, DJ, Rory, and Brooks, um, I I think to me like like Speed, DJ, and Rory are just kind of like tied more or less in whatever event as far as like overall skill and then I'm just like tweaking how much I like them based on either recent form or how the course sets up and just like Jordan can sometimes be erratic off the tees more so than DJ Rory can and so I'm more inclined to give them a little bit of a bump I would I would and I think like Spieth will carry a fair enough ownership so there's no reason to like play him even though I like him a little bit less because he's going to carry like a fair enough amount of ownership um and then I guess like right now it seems like DJ might carry a tiny bit less ownership uh, than Rory. Uh, it's still early in the week, but I think he'll you know be in like the high teens, whereas I think Rory could clip 25% plus. And so I don't know. Ty goes to a low own guy. I think I'd, I'd go with DJ. But um, if I was going to play one of them in my cash games, I'd probably just take the savings and play Rory uh, at the discount. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Drew, and I think similarly, um, but I, I really, it's nothing against Jordan Spieth, and obviously the way he's playing right now, he's just on a roll, uh, but I want long guys here, so I'm, I'm going to give the advantage to DJ Rory and, and Kafka, those are probably the guys that I really want uh, this week, but hey, we head to the next tier of, of pricing for these golfers, we got Ricky Fowler at 10-6 over on DraftKings, Hideki at 10-2, and that about ends the, the 10K conversation. Then you start t- dipping into the 9K guys like Justin Rose and John Rahm, uh, Henrik Stenson, Jason Day at $9,400 over on DK. That's a, a really nice price tag for him. Uh, you get Matt Kuchar at 9300 Sergio Garcia, uh, and then Paul Casey to end the, the 9K range of golfers. Um, Drewby, what are your, what are your thoughts here? I, I really look at that $9,400 price tag per day as a really good one. Obviously, if you look at his recent form, um, you know, it's not great. He, he hasn't looked like the Jason Day of old, uh, but in a long course where I think this week the emphasis should be on, on shots gained off tee, off the tee. I think $9,400 Jason Day is interesting. Yeah, this range will be an important one. Uh, I think Day showed a little bit of life at the Open, but and obviously you're getting a great price tag on him, but I think he's still someone who seems to be, I don't know, surviving on kind of his short game and his putting um, during his good weeks, and I'm inclined to take some of the other guys, I think, in this range over day. Um, and by other guys, I think I would pay up a little bit. And I like Rom a lot. I like, you know, Fowler, Hideki, Rose. Like, all all these guys, Henrik even, like, all these guys can hit the ball super far, but also keep it in play. And just when I started playing around with builds, it felt better for me in, in kind of some of my projections to grab a couple of guys from, this range rather than to grab one of the guys up top. Um, 
And so right now that's the way I'm leaning towards building. Uh, and I think Dale kind of be in the mix in this range, but definitely Rom is someone that I'm interested in and, uh, Hideki and Rose are, t- are two other guys that I like a lot. Yeah. And you look at Jason Day's driving distance this season, it certainly has deteriorated uh, a little bit. I didn't know it was, uh, that steep of a decline. Uh, I, I, I suppose. Um, but, uh, but a lot of aspects in his game too have, have sort of deteriorated. The putter, uh, this season for him has kind of let him down after a really, really phenomenal, um, putting season last year. Um, so it's certainly not the same Jason Day, but $9,400, um, that's, I still think that's a pretty darn good price tag. But yeah, Rom, 9,700, that's, that's certainly a focal point here in this 9K tier. Um, Sergio Garcia, 9,200, that's nice as well. Um, but we can talk about the AK golfers now. Uh, you got Adam Scott, Brandon Grace, uh, 8,600, um, Tommy Fleetwood at 8,400, Daniel Berger, Justin Thomas, Alexander, uh, Noren at 8,100 on DK, and then Mark Leishman. Um, Juby, what are your thoughts in this tier? I, I, do think Adam Scott, 8,800 once again, uh, probably, probably a good play in this tier. Um, what are your thoughts here? Yeah, definitely like Adam Scott the best. I, he's, he's the most expensive, but he'd be the, the guy I see myself having the most exposure to. Um, not really on Grace. I think he's getting like a little bit of a bump because he has decent course history here. Um, but, not somebody that I want to pay up for. And I, I mean, I think he has like the short game that he can find himself, you know, up in the top 15 or so on that leaderboard. Um, but not someone that I see making a ton of birdies here. And uh, like Berger and Justin Thomas, I think are both interesting. I definitely prefer JT to Berger when, when they're priced the same. Uh, so I know he had obviously that awful hole. I forget what it would took like a nine or a 10 in the open and like ejected, but Beyond that, I mean, this is a course that is going to be long and reward his driving, and so I think he's a good play um, in cash games and GPP, especially this week because there's no cut. You know, you don't have you know right. you can take on some of that risk and the, the more volatile guys. And uh, if if they have a, a bad day, they're not going to be out of it. They they have plenty of days to make birdies, and birdies are going to be what sort of rules. Um, whereas on the typical week, you know the number of six to six rosters you get is often what dictates your success. Yeah, I agree, Drewby. I've been waiting for a Justin Thomas sort of, of event. And I think this might be one of them. And, and at $8,200, uh, that seems like a good price act for him as well. Uh, so I am certainly interested on JT this week. Um, Fleawood at 8,400. I mean, he continues to be priced up. Um, into into this tier before you know w- before he got into that hot stretch he was priced nowhere near these guys uh, but after that hot stretch um, now now you're seeing seeing him here uh, I wonder what his ownership might be I'm, I'm not sure if it'll be big but I might I might dip into that a little bit in, in tournaments um, but there's also a pretty good 7k tier over on DK Drewby a lot a lot of good names. Uh, Phil Mickelson headlines that, th- those names at $7,900. 
but you have, I mean, you have uh, Xander at $7,300. Charlie Hoffman at $7,400. Gary Woodland, $7,500. Drewby, is this, is this a, a Charlie Hoffman massive, like, like mega chalk week? Because relative to the way he's performed and relative to the things that, that I think he does well, if you look at his off, off the tee numbers, he's been a champ in that category this season. Um, man, $7,400, so easy to fit him into your lineups. I, I think he, he might end up being very chalky. What, what are your thoughts there? I think he'll be high owned in, in the teens, mid teens, um, mid to low teens, I guess. Uh, but there's a lot of names here, right? And so I think some of the guys who are at the higher end of the 7K range, um, might not be as, as owned, but in the kind of like 7,500 and below, you have a few guys who had good weeks last week and like Gary Woodland, Chapel and Hoffman were all there on Sunday battling and they all have good off the tee game. Um, and you know, Chapel in his first trip here last year, uh, had a third place finish. And, and so there's kind of, enough names there at the same exact price point that people who are building a bunch of rosters will kind of rotate some of these guys in and out. So I think it'll keep the ownership in check, but I definitely think he'll be one of the higher owned guys. Um, I think of those three, um, like a slight preference for Woodland, mm-hmm. but I can't really argue with wanting to play Woodland Chapel or Hoffman. And Thomas Peters. Uh, $7,300. Uh, is that interesting to you? Cause I, I do find yeah. it interesting. Yeah, for sure. I, I, we were talking about like, it's a no cut event. The birdies are going to matter. Obviously, like the place points for the top end guys are going to be what dictates your success. Like you're going to need guys who finish in the top five because, because of the short field ownerships on every player on average are going to be higher and you're going to need your top players to like secure good finish positions. But, on the kind of the value plays, it's going to be the number of birdies. Like if, you know, a bunch of guys finish 30th and they're all tied together, it's just going to be the birdies that dictate the difference between them. And Peters is obviously a guy that is long enough to have some short clubs into some of the holes and he can make some birdies. He'll, he'll take like some big numbers too. Um, but I definitely think he, he's one of the guys that are a couple hundred bucks cheaper. And like I, I have a, I have like a bad feeling I'm at a playing Phil and then, in the no cut mm-hmm. event too, just because of the same thing. Like when Phil goes crazy, he's kind of all over the map, but he's making tons of birdies and bogeys. And I don't know, I'm always like a sucker for Phil. No, that makes sense. I mean, he he certainly has the all around game um, to do well here, and and really in in any course. But Drewby off the tee this season, he ranks 140th um, in terms of shot shots gained off the tee on tour. Um, you know, that's one of my key stats heading into the week, and I'm looking at that. That makes me a little bit queasy to, uh, to, to roster him. But I still think, you know, he, he's probably not gonna be, uh, he's, he's probably not gonna be very popular. Um, so I, I like him. At least from a tournament perspective, I, I certainly like him, um, yeah. this week. Yeah, I mean, off the tee is definitely gonna be important. Um, especially for the guys who are finishing high, you know, but it's not the only thing, right? Like, mm-hmm. like I still have like strokes gained approach is always more important than strokes gained off the tee. And that's what's shown up historically here. And so 
like with my weightings right now, I'm doing it like 25% off the tee, 40% approach, 15% around the green, and then 20% putting. And so, like even someone like a Jason Duffner or Charles, Charles Schwartzel are guys that are definitely on my radar in this price range where you can get a discount. I'm actually surprised Xander has been touted up a ton, and I don't think he's going to play this week. So that that's someone that if his ownership kind of sticks with like the early week trends, that it'll be a full fade for me. Okay, so okay, so explain that uh, a little bit, Drew, because you, I mean you're you, you got to give us a little bit of meat there. Uh, he's he's been playing very well uh, lately. He's been good off the tee. Um, what what scares you? Uh, for Xander, is it really just the the Uber ownership that me that he might get this week? Yeah, I mean, there's just so many good options in this range that, for for the most part, these guys are just way better long term golfers and like profiles than Xander is, and he's definitely on a nice little run, uh, and he he definitely has the length to make some birdies here, but at the same time. Like, given, like, if he's actually going to be 16% or 20% owned with all the other names here and a bunch of names below, then it just makes sense to, like, it's an easy place to kind of separate for me. Mm-hmm. And he's mispriced if, if you look at the odds in betting markets, which right. usually is a, something that drives ownership, but he's been, like, touted enough that the, the, like, number of tags and everything is kind of offsetting that. So, if you have a guy who's kind of mispriced to the betting markets and is going to carry the most ownership, then I'm willing to take a stand there. And I mean, he's, he's, chances are he's not going to win. So, like, there's a, a range of outcomes where you can tolerate a fade. No, I can see that. Uh, I mean, looking at the odds, as you mentioned, um, you know, Char- Charlie and Woodland are, are already names in that range that have much better odds. Than, than Xander at at a hundred to one. Those those are his odds this week. So I, I can certainly agree with you from that perspective. And the, and the top tw- you know the top twenty odds. Yeah, Peters is is way higher. Duffner's higher. Schwartzel's higher. I think those guys can all score a little bit too. So um, like even guys like Hen- Henley and Kisner are priced comparably in the betting markets and are going to be had at a fraction of the ownership. So it just doesn't seem like a appealing spot for me to play Xander. Uh, we could talk a little bit about the 6K range. There are, there are some names uh, here, though obviously it's not going to be, um, you know, it, it's it's probably not going to be a very popular range this week. At least that's just my my opinion right now, um, looking at some of these names. Tyrell Hatton, uh, Drewby. <laughs> I, I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened to Hatton. He was, he was performing so well, and... Um, now he's missed, I don't know, like, like five, six straight cuts. Um, he's been bad, uh, lately, but now he's $6,900 on DraftKings. Um, Francesco Molinari, 6,800. Um, that's, that's interesting. Kyle Stanley, 6,700. Um, Brendan Steele, 6,700. Derby, what, what names interest you here? I'm, I'm certainly more interested in the 7K range than this range. Yeah, I think I'm more interested in that range as well. But at the same time, like it's early in the week and some of these names have to pick up steam because if we think that the 11K golfers are going to be popular, then you have to build 
a roster that can kind of fit into those. And that could end up leading to someone like Adam Scott being a lot more popular than I kind of had him early on um, so that you could fit like Adam Scott and a bunch of 7K guys. But uh, the other option is that names in this range will end up um, picking up some ownership. So like, I think that Molinari was one of the first ones that stood out to me. Not a great result at the Open Championship, um, but is typically a solid ball striker who hits screens and regulation and fairways. And it's not the longest guy, but distance is adequate enough. And he was kind of in the long-term statistical models. He pops out a good bit in this range. Um, I mean, Kyle Stanley for the and Brendan Steele for kind of the same reasons were DFS darlings at different points in time and have either cooled off or not played as, as much recently. And so I think they might carry a little bit lower ownership than they have historically. Um, so in kind of that, the high sixes, um, those are some of the guys that I'm most interested in. I think it's this range will give you a lot of sub 5% owned options. And so if you're building, you know, there's going to be a lot of overlap with some teams this week. If the 7K range is the range that we like the best, it's also the most popular range early on. And there's only 70 golfers to choose from. A a bunch of those golfers are just going to be crossed off immediately. Like Fabrizio, Zanotti, like Rod Pampling, Satoshi, Kadera, like the people aren't going to play them, right? So it's going to narrow down kind of the playable pool of players to like 50 or so guys that people are focused in on. So I do think there are going to be more dupes than normal. And one of the ways to dodge those dupes would be by playing some of these low-owned names in this range who are are still good tour golfers. Obviously on FanDuel, Drew would be a completely different story, right? I mean, you look at the 5K range... On FanDuel, Kevin Chappell, 5,700. Gary Woodland, 5,900. Um, Xander over on that site is 5,500. You got Bubba at 5,900. Um, I mean, Kyle yeah. Stanley, 5K. I mean, Dude, I don't know what's going on in FanDuel, I, man. <laughs> I, I don't mean, know either. like we were talking before the show, like I was able to put together a lineup with Spieth, DJ, Rory, and not feel bad about a single other player. Like I was putting, guys that I like this week into my lineup. So, like, that's insane, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean, I have no idea what to... It's like a, it's a mindfuck. I have no idea what to do with it because <laughs> they're they're so easy to get in there, but then it's like, well, are they going to be, like, 50 or, like, 60% owned? I Like, I, I don't know what's going on over there. At, at least on DraftKings, uh, you know, the pricing is good enough where you're feeling like, okay, I'm, I'm making some decisions, uh, whereas on FanDuel, I, I don't know. feels like the decisions have, have kind of been made for us already. Um, yeah, and, I mean, this is a tough event, right? The, there's not a ton of birdies here. You know, we talked about, like, the winning scores are usually in the single digits. And so, like, the place points and finish bonuses and having guys in the top, you know, five are going to be critical. And so mm-hmm. when you can just, unlike FanDuel, if you're playing cash games, which I don't, I don't do usually, uh, but I'm sure some some people are, I mean, you could just like jam so much win equity from like DJ Rory, Speed Brown types into one lineup. And then like the difference in scoring between like the guy who finishes like 35th in this tournament and the guy who finishes, 
fiftieth in this tournament is it's only going to be like a couple fantasy points. You know, it's a it's a pretty narrow band. Uh, do you feel good about playing cash games uh, this week? I know usually you're a uh, you're you're mostly a GPP player, or you like to play that format more. Uh, but in a no cut event uh, with seventy six golfers in the field, is is I mean, is this a cash game week, or should we just sort of play GPPs and, and call it a day? Uh, I think it's fine to play whatever you normally play. Um, I've always said that like the best like event in DFS would be when, if you were able to get like a 140 man field with no cut, just cause the cut is a variance inducer. And, uh, if everyone plays four rounds, then it, you know, allows your guys to kind of live up to their projections and mm-hmm. your expectations for them. So I think that's a benefit is, uh, the cuts a variance inducer and that's no longer there. Um, and so because of that, I do think that, you, like in cash games, you should take on more exposure to high-priced golfers than you might typically. Um, obviously, if you're someone who plays cash and a lot of your success is like winning on the amount of guys that get 6 of 6 through the cut, it's like a different type of week. But uh, I, kind of, I kind of like the no-cut event when it's like 70-plus guys. It's definitely a little dicier when it's some of the like 30-man no-cut fields later in the season. Hey, Drewby, question for you really quick before we um, before we wrap things up. Why is Finau not in this field? Um, the, I, I'm, I'm wondering. He just, obviously, he didn't qualify for it, right? That's that's all it is? Yeah, I mean, I don't know the exact qualification rules. Um, I, I would think that he was going to be in this field. And I was surprised um, that he wasn't. But I, I did read a little bit on the on the qualifications uh, stuff uh, yesterday. Uh, I, I just don't think he I don't think he qualified, which is a bummer because uh, he's been playing so well. I really wanted to see him in this field. Um, but Drewby, do you have any last thoughts uh, before before we wrap things up here? No, I mean I I think um, with some of the like cheaper ranges on DraftKings, uh, I, I would definitely, as far as looking for guys who kind of have like upside either to score birdies or to place high, I definitely think that's a range where I want to make sure that they have kind of the strong off the tee play. And so, even though I'm using like a blended stat metric as far as like overall evaluation of golfers uh, for some of these value plays, I want to make sure that they're strong off the tee. And so I'm kind of using that to like whittle down my player pool. Um, and it, it feels like a, it feels a little bit like a balanced week for me on mm-hmm. DK, at least as far as the builds that I like most getting a bunch of high quality players into a lineup. Um, and it feels like it's a week where you can do whatever you want to handle, I guess. Thank you, Drewby, for doing this with me. This was a lot of fun as usual. Uh, it is with, with us too, but that's going to do it for this edition of the PGA Premium Podcast. Thanks for listening and good luck in all of your games. Well, that's place for you if you're just like me.